Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring change makers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. I want to begin today's podcast with a story. Last month, I hosted Women's Entrepreneurship Day here in Ohio. Wendy Diamond, an Ohio native, started this event in 2013 as a way to connect, support, and celebrate women entrepreneurs. Since then, it has grown into a worldwide movement with events across the United States and in 144 countries. The signature event is held at the United Nations with rock stars of the business world. So as you can imagine, it's a pretty big deal. Each event outside of New York is produced by a volunteer who is designated the ambassador for their region. Producing Women's Entrepreneurship Day here in Ohio has been part of my agency's social impact for the past five years. But this year was a rough one for me personally, and I did not feel up to the task of producing an event that I believed would uphold the standards of the Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization. So I decided I'd instead convene some interested women for a dinner and talk about planning an event for 2023. But something kept nagging at me. You see, there was nothing that said my event had to be a certain size or look a certain way. So I started questioning why I was resisting planning this event. And what I found was that some false beliefs were creeping up. One everyone could relate to, I'm sure it was imposter syndrome. If the event didn't offer all the elements of prior events, then It wasn't good enough. And maybe that meant I wasn't good enough. Another false belief was that if an event was to be worthwhile, it would be complicated and time consuming to produce. And so I went back to the core question I'd asked myself before planning each of my previous events. What do women need right now? to help them be more successful? And that question opened the floodgates in my brain because I had been talking with women all year and I already knew. They wanted to reassess. The past few years have been disruptive. On one end of the spectrum, some businesses have ended while on the other, businesses have thrived. It is true that in downturns, there is opportunity. So I started thinking about a reassessment exercise that could lead women to reimagine. Since 2020, several of my clients had asked me to help them reimagine what a new iteration of their business could be. 
I knew women who had grown their businesses by finding gaps and leaning into them. Other women who had discovered that their passions had changed and started new businesses. I believed other women would find inspiration in these stories and that it would reignite their passion for their work, even if it was different work, by figuring out what and who they needed to achieve their dreams. By this point, I knew I was going to do this event. And I knew that it would be back in person so attendees could reconnect with their peers, meet new people, and collaborate. I wanted to bring people back to that human connection. And this is where the plot twist comes in. You see, by the time I went through this process, it was already October. And the one requirement of the Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization that I was going to find challenging is that the summit event has to be held within a week or so of the recognized date of November 19th, which meant I had one month to pull this off. Yet surprisingly, perhaps, for some reason, this did not deter me. I think I realized in the very core of my being that this event was going to be special, not because of what was included, but because of what was not. I decided not to have multiple breakout sessions, just one. I turned away vendors. I trusted what my market was telling me, and I trusted myself. So what happened, right? With less than three weeks to sell tickets, I didn't do any of the promotion I typically do. I posted on social media and I emailed past attendees. Our speakers shared on their social profiles that they were going to be there. As a result, we had less than half the attendees of our previous events. And I was fine with that because I believed that the women who were meant to be in the room would be there. Instead of going broad, we went deep. Instead of feedback on how much people learned, I was told how much they felt. They felt inspired and connected and nourished and confident. And I realized that by letting go of false beliefs, I'd been reconnected to some simple truths. Bigger is not necessarily better. Our small event was intimate. People went deep and shared feelings and were vulnerable. Friendships were formed. I was also reminded that just because something feels easy doesn't mean it won't be wonderful. I've run dozens of events, and while this was the easiest to convene, it will also rate as one of the best. So today, I thought I'd challenge some false beliefs you may have as an entrepreneur by sharing five of my core truths of entrepreneurship. These truths, I hope, will help serve you as you are planning what you envision for yourself going forward, what you want next year and the following year to look like. I want you to try on these truths, try to embrace them, and challenge the false beliefs that you might have so you can make these work for you. Okay, truth number one, 
We can only have one core focus in our business at any given time. When I decided to do the Women's Entrepreneurship Day event, I paused development of a program I'd been focused on. A coach I know explains it this way. Pretend that you're on the edge of a large valley. You're on one side and your big, hairy, audacious business goal is on the other. Go ahead and take a second and imagine that. Now, the only way that you're going to get across to the other side of that valley is to build a bridge, right? Here's the thing, though. When building their bridge, so many people want to jump to the other side. So instead of just focusing on one bridge, they begin to build 10 bridges. And if this is you, don't worry. I used to be the same. I had a financial goal or an achievement goal, and I would start working on five different ways that I could get to that goal, doing all of them at the same time. And let me tell you, it doesn't work. So if you're that person who is thinking you want to work on your own event while developing a new program, while launching a podcast, and of course, running your own social media and networking and doing proposals or running sales calls. Wow, it sounds exhausting, right? I liken it to walking into a ransacked house and not knowing which room to prioritize to put it all back together. It's overwhelming. And here's the reason why. Trying to juggle multiple priorities means you have to split your resources. You have to split your attention between all these rooms or all these bridges. That means splitting your focus, your time, your energy. And as a result, nothing gets done completely and no one thing gets done quickly. It takes a long time to build multiple bridges. So the whole point is we need to build one bridge at a time and we need to have laser focus. One bridge means focusing all your time, resources, focus, effort, your heart, everything into that one bridge that will get you to the other side. If you get to the other side and you want to come back and build a second bridge and get more access to that beautiful, big, hairy, audacious goal, that's great, but do one at a time. When I decided that I was going to do Women's Entrepreneurship Day, I had to let go of other priorities that I had because I decided that this one was the most important as far as doing something new. So let's get to the other side of that bridge by recognizing truth number two. Perfectionism is the enemy of progress. The pursuit of perfection will bankrupt your business. And why is that? Perfectionism isn't real. When I started Prosper for Purpose in January of 2013, I had a bare bones website, just enough to be legit. No business cards and no leads. 
Yet in less than six months, my business hit six figures. Why? Because I took imperfect action. Why? Because I needed my business to make money right away. Of course, this did not cure me, I guess, of my perfectionistic tendencies. I've taken a year since then to create a lead magnet. I'm sorry, I've taken a day. That would be bad. I've taken a day to create a lead magnet. I've taken a year to launch a new offer. How about you? So what would taking imperfect action look like for you? Now, think about that for a second and then tell yourself, I am going to and do it. And that leads me to truth number three. Your number one job as founder is sales. And if you're cringing right now, I want you to know that you most likely have a really bad image of what selling looks like. I love selling because I've never actually felt like I'm selling. Think of it this way. Your target audience has a problem and you have a solution for this problem. And because you care about your target market, you're inspired to share how you can help them, right? If you came across someone that was really hurting or bleeding, you would try to help them. Your business is trying to help people who have a real need, a pain point, or a problem. And your goal is to be able to transfer your inspiration to them. You're inspired to share how you can help them solve their problem. If you're able to transfer your inspiration to them, you have a sale. And if not, that's okay. A no, as you know, may mean not now. It may be they're not ready to truly solve that problem. And it may mean a host of other things. Move on to the next person you can help. There's someone else that has that problem that is ready for your solution. The problem is it is very common for entrepreneurs to shy away from sales. It feels kind of icky because we don't look at it the way I just described. Or even if we do, maybe we haven't internalized that belief yet. And so what we do instead is we focus on serving our clients and developing new offerings. But of all the pillars of business, Sales is the one with the most direct impact on our finances and therefore the health of our business. So try to think about sales as a transfer of inspiration. Approach it that way with your prospects and see what happens. That brings us to truth number four. Failure is learning. Okay, so failure is a kind of feedback. And if we take it the right way, we can learn from it. I used to feel that I failed every time something didn't go as planned. A project that a client didn't feel met their expectations was a good example, even when the expectations were totally unrealistic. Not getting a client I really wanted to work with was another one. Worst of all, laying off an employee who wasn't performing well. It really, really made me feel like a failure. Why didn't I recognize these things before? Why did I get down the road before I had to make 
an adjustment that was painful. Four years ago, I had a crisis of the soul. I don't come from a business background. I'm a writer, a marketer. And I had a setback that led me to think that I was missing something everyone else had figured out. So I decided to figure out what that was. I invested in a coach. I joined her community. I learned from her and from the other members. And the funny thing was, I realized that I was actually ahead of many of the entrepreneurs in that group. I'm so grateful for the time I spent with that coach because I learned that setbacks can be set ups, opportunities for us to discover what we need to learn to grow. Someone once said that the word fail stands for first attempt and learning. I like that. Sometimes it may require a second attempt or even a third, and that's okay. There is no way that you can build your bridge and get to the other side without doing a few things wrong along the way. The only time we're actually failing is if and when we let these setbacks completely stop us from continuing. But when we take these setbacks as setups, then we're not actually failing. We're learning. We're getting results, even if they're not the results that we would hope for. And we're learning what not to do next time and what to do instead. Which brings me to truth number five. Resilience is your superpower. Do you remember the excitement you felt when you decided to start your business? The sense of purpose you felt in helping others? When things get tough, we need to remember why we started, who we serve, and our purpose in the world. There are several times in running my business over the past 10 years that I've thought about giving up. Have you? Client issues, employee issues, personal issues. They can all lead us to question if what we're doing really matters. If it might be easier to go work for someone else. I've been there and I bet you have too. But what has helped me through is remembering my purpose and my impact why I started, and what I've accomplished. It's my resilience practice. It's never one setback that ends a business. It's what the owner decides the setback means that does it. In business, we need to look at failure as feedback, setbacks as setups. And if the past two and a half years have taught us anything, It's that we need to adapt to things that are beyond our control. And to do that, we need to be resilient. Hey, thanks for listening today. Join me next week for five additional core truths for entrepreneurs. And hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share this with someone else who might enjoy it and benefit from it. And if you haven't yet left a review, please do so. Our audience is growing and your shares and reviews mean the world to me and help me to help others. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, 
please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.